this morning, I want to talk to you about the last three words that Jesus said when he was on the cross. <clears throat> Some of the most important words, I believe, in, in, in my life, I, and I've recalculated. Anybody ever recalculate your life? You look at your life and go, what was I thinking? Recalculate, recalculate, and then, then the, 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 little, the little guy on, the, on, on your, your uh, phone that keeps telling you to turn on this, and you're like, then you start arguing with him. There's a problem. But I think it's important for us to know where we're going, but not just know where we're going, but know why we want to go there. And, the, and the, the value of how to get there. In order for you to finish anything, you have to start something. And a lot of us are pretty good at starting. <laughs> Finishing is a whole new deal. I got a bunch of books at the house that I've started I'm real good at starting books. Not real good at finishing them. So I think it's something I, like in life, what Jesus said on the cross, and, and I just want to talk to you about that this morning, about the, the value of God's words on the cross. I want to pray first. I think this is, so stay with me. This message I'm fixing to preach to you it's not really one of those messages where you go to, oh, shouting, and then, oh, 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 not a hoorah message, but it's more of an in-depth message, and, and I think it's important for us to, to get the significance of it, because when Jesus was on the cross, when he said, it is finished, he died alone. I mean, his, his mother was there, John was there, there's about three or four people there, but I'm telling you, it wasn't a hoorah time for Jesus. You with me? So let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us today to see you in your fullness, to see the depths of your commitment to us, to see the depths of your love for us, oh God. Lord Jesus, may we get a fresh glimpse of of your commitment uh, to us, just ordinary people. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you sent your Son. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here to teach us and to, to give us wisdom and understanding and to enlighten us uh, about, about everything that happens for us in heaven. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of the, no, the fastest growing religion today. I want to tell you about it. Do you have any idea what the fastest religious religion is today? Some would say it's Islam. Some would say it's Christianity. Some would say it would be Mormonism. I'm going to tell you. 
It's the religion of self-worship. It's the religion, and it don't, don't make no mistake, it is a religion. <clears throat> and what the religion of self-worship would do, it would try to distract you from the cross. It will try to take you from the commitment that Jesus has for you and say that you have the ability and the wherewithal to save yourself. And if you don't believe that self-worship is the fastest growing religion, all you got to do is get on social media and see how many times people talk about themselves and take selfies, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. So this, God help us. These last words, it is finished. The religion of self-worship would distract from these three words. The religion of self-worth, self-religion would say, that's not as valuable as what I want for me. Well, I believe that, but for me, I think. And so what happens is we are distracted to the point where we begin to believe that we are the saviors of ourselves. Stay with me. No other religion, and, and I use the word religion uh, loosely because it was the religious people that hung Jesus on the cross. So, so when you say the word religion, man, it covers a lot of territory. The religion of self-worship is in every single religion other than the religious, the religion of Jesus, where he said true religion is taking care of the widows and orphans and keeping yourself pure and undefiled from the world. That's true religion. But other religions will say, if you do this, you can get this. Y'all listen to me online. You're saying, if, if I do this, if I do so many Hail Marys, or if I get baptized for the dead so many times, or if I do this and I do this and I do this, my place in the kingdom of God is bigger. Let me tell you something. You are saved not by works of your own righteousness, but it's by God's mercy. And no, make no mistake, no other reason for us to be saved is but because of the mercy of God. Amen. We're not that good. We're just not that good. We can try and we're supposed to. But at the end of the day, if we don't wind up at the foot of the cross with all of the other sinners, we are deceiving ourselves. You won't get that in the Foo Foo Church. <laughs> so in Luke 23, verse 34, 
the words of Jesus on the cross. I want to go through some of the words that Jesus said on the cross briefly here. Father, forgive them. The words of Jesus, Father, forgive them. Then I love the next part. It says, for they know not what they have no clue what they're doing. Have you ever been there and done that and got the t-shirt? Father, forgive me. I had no idea what I was doing. Or someone transgressed against you and you said, forgive them. They don't get it. They just don't get it. Jesus gives the example of forgiveness on the cross, the example for us. The second thing is, today you'll be with me in paradise. The big idea is, it's never too late for God's mercy and for his grace. The thief on the cross got in by the skin of his teeth, and Jesus, being the merciful God he is, and not expecting that man to do good works, said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then John 19, 26, woman, behold your son. John, here is your mother. The big idea is that Christ demonstrates his compassion in the midst of our pain. He was talking about his family values, how a grown son was saying, you need to take care of my mother. Matthew 27 my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine? Christ was abandoned so that we might be adopted. Christ was separated from the Father because of our sins. Because make no mistake, if there is sin, there is always separation if there's no sacrifice. I should write that down. I just made that up. I don't even think I can repeat it. <laughs> if there is sin, there is always separation if there is no sacrifice. So Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? Because make no mistake, our sin is what separates us from God. Thus, that's the reason he doesn't want us to sin because he wants us to be close. Amen? Stay with me. Stay with me. <clears throat> John 19, 28, I am thirsty. The big idea is that Christ experienced thirst on the cross so that ours, our thirst might be quenched. And it also showed the humanity of Jesus and the pain and the suffering Today, I want to say this may be the most important or most valuable words. Uh, in John 19, 30, it says, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Finishing is something that is, is, uh, is really challenging. I think, have you ever saved money for something then spent it on something else because, just because? Have you ever started something then you couldn't finish it? Uh, uh, my goodness. My, uh, I got 
All kinds of books at the house need finishing. Can you imagine what it would be like to sit down at the end of the day and say, everything I set out to do today got done? Can you imagine what it would be like to say at the end of your life, I've completed everything that I needed to do? As we look at the cross, when we see Jesus, he makes this incredible statement. I mean, it's an incredible statement. It is finished. First glance, it may not look incredible, but this is much more than a statement of a tired, worn-out, beaten man saying, I give up. This is not the cry of surrender. Really, it is the cry of triumph. Looking a little deeper, when Jesus said it is finished, in the Greek, the word it is finished, finished means tetelestai, to end or complete, to execute or to conclude. Tetelestai is the perfect tense, a completed action with a resultant state of being. A completed action with a resultant state of being. In other words, because of this action, we have a new state of being. Tetelestai, it is finished. It implies a process. Everybody say a process. Anybody ever get weary doing good? Doing the right thing. And then, seems like the devil doesn't like it too much when you start doing the right thing. Finishing. Embracing the process. It looks on the process of having reached a consummation. We think that in, and existing in a completed state, it is finished and remains finished. But actually, we know that it, with Jesus, when he said it is finished, it wasn't the end. It was really the beginning. In, in our world, we have roping horses, and people buy and sell roping horses, and it's all cool and everything's sweet. But when they advertise a horse, there's a word that they say in the advertisement that gives the people that are wanting to purchase a horse what that horse is like. And they say that he is a finished roping horse. That means that he is ready for live contact. He's ready to go. He is trained. He is taught. He is disciplined. And he's ready to go. Let me tell you something. When they say that it's a finished horse, it doesn't always mean that he's really a finished <laughs> horse. Amen. Just because somebody calls you When it is a finished horse and the horse has been taught right and he has been taught discipline, there's nothing in the world that will please a team roper like a good finished horse because he's ready. When Jesus said it is finished, what he meant was, was that I have provided a way for you to experience finishing your life, whatever you started to start your life, but also to get in the middle of your life and then to finish your life. And he said, I, when he ascended in the heaven, he said, I go to make intercession. His work wasn't over. 
Y'all come on with me. I said his, his work wasn't over. I'd preach a little better if you just help me a little bit. I said his work wasn't over. <laughs> he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to comfort you, to teach you, to guide you, to bring understanding to you, to give you the gift of wisdom, to give you the gift of discernment, to give you the gift of understanding. But you have to ask for these things because if you don't ask for them, I'm not going to give them to you. You got to want. You got to want this pretty bad. In order for you and in order for me to finish, we got to start. And the starting place is being born again. That which is born of the flesh is the flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. And Jesus is talking about being born of the spirit because we all already been born of the flesh. All of us got that done. So this is a word that means paid in full. Have you ever, it's the word used when you, you pay off your car. Doesn't that feel good? Those of you who have done it. If you haven't ever done that, it's a, it's a great feeling. It's a word you use when you graduate from college. It's a word you use when you finish a race. It's a word that means more than I reached the end. It means I did exactly what I set out to do. Nothing like finishing. The last words of Jesus, I think it's important for us to say what they were not. This was not a despairing cry of, help, of a helpless martyr, not in any sense of the imagination. It was not an expression of satisfaction that the end of his suffering was now over, that it was not a, a last gasp of a worn out life. A.W. Pink, he said it this way. He said, no, it was the declaration on the part of the divine redeemer that all, everybody say all, that all for which he came from heaven to earth to do was now done. That all which was needed to reveal the character of God had now been accomplished that everything, everybody say everything, everything necessary for the putting away of the sins of his people providing for them a perfect standing before God, securing for them an eternal inheritance and fitting them for it had been done. When he said it is finished. So what is the message behind the words? The message is that Christ paid my debt, your debt in full. Anybody ever have somebody pay something off for you? No. no. <laughs> when, years ago, uh, uh, when we were traveling around on the rodeo circuit, we was doing, doing church services for the cowboys, and, and we went to a studio in, um, in Oklahoma and, and recorded some songs that we wrote, my brother and I, and we were traveling around uh, doing church services at the rodeo, then at the churches, but we made this cassette tape. Anybody remember those? <laughs> I'm not going to describe. But anyway, we sold those tapes out there, and it actually paid the gas for us. But the guy, there was a guy in Grand Junction, Colorado, and he, he loaned us the money to go make this recording, and he, he told us, he said, just pay me back when you can. 
Whoa, man. <laughs> that, it, the, it, we would send him a little money here and there, but I mean, it wasn't. It, so a couple of years went by. <clears throat> we go back to Grand Junction. and We, we were kind of dreading going back. Just a good guy. And I mean, we, it was, you talk about hand to mouth. It, the, everything was, it was like that. And uh, after service was over, his name was Griff. Griffith, Griffith was his name, but everybody called him Griff. He come walking out of the church, and we were at, at the truck. And uh, he came, and we, we said hi and everything. And, and uh, then we began to apologize. You know how it is. He said, listen. He said, I was praying the other day about this. And he said, I, the Lord reminded me how that now that God delivered the children of Israel out of bondage uh, in Egypt and that he brought them to the promised land and that was his gift to the children of Israel. And he said, that I'm, he said, I'm gonna forgive you of this debt because I want you to be free from this burden. And we're like, oh, we started, going, we started crying and everything. Isn't it great? To get your debts paid. I owed a debt I couldn't pay for my sin. Now, when I'm, when I'm serving myself, I lie to myself and I tell, I tell myself, I can, I can pay for that. But we can't do that. We can't pay that debt because we already messed up. I'll wait on you a minute. I said we can't pay that debt because we've all already messed it up. Because we have all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. So we owed this debt. We just couldn't pay the debt. And he paid the debt that he didn't owe. He didn't have to do this. Stay with me. I said he didn't have to do this. Scripture tells us he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and just zap us all because honestly, that's what we all deserved. Amen. I said that's what we all deserved. <laughs> hey, try pulling teeth. <laughs> Hebrews 9.13, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurities. Just think how much more, <clears throat> how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from our sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Hmm. Hebrews eleven twelve. 12. So Christ has now become the high priest you stay with me. I said, Christ has now become <clears throat> the high priest, the one and only high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, 
more perfect tabernacle of heaven. He came back into the presence of God and he entered the presence of God which was not made by man's hand and is not part of this created world with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all times and secured our redemption forever. The only reason that Jesus could go back into the presence of the Father was because the Father knew that he knew no sin and that he came to do, listen to me, the will of the Father. Don't make no mistake. Jesus' purpose in coming to this world was to do the will of the Father to show and reflect who the Father is. For God, the Father, so loved us, the world, that he gave his only son and the son came to reflect who the Father is, that his love for us is a dynamic love. And the scripture says that he became the sacrifice. Listen to this. I just, this, this past week, I'd never seen this before. You remember in the Old Testament, all through, beginning with Abel, there, there was shed blood. Abraham sacrificed Isaac, Jacob, Noah. Uh, everybody made sacrifices. Uh, whenever the children of Israel were, were redeemed, they, they, the, the death angel saw the blood of the lamb over the doorpost of the temple. And, and as they would go into the temple or the doorpost of their homes, and the death angel would pass over, that's where the word Passover comes, is because they passed over those because they were part of God's chosen people because they had the blood of the lamb and all through the Old Testament, the blood sacrifices, and they get into the tabernacle, and the, the priest, the high priest would make sacrifices, and it would be the bloods of lambs and goats and, and, and oxen, and they would be imperfect. None of them was perfect. But then Jesus came, and what happened was, was that the high priest, the one who went to make the sacrifice, listen to this, became the sacrifice. Once and for all. And because the high priest that was perfect was the complete sacrifice, there was no need anymore for there to be a holies of holies in the temple of God because the sacrifice, the supreme eternal sacrifice had been made and the veil of the temple was torn in two and released the presence of God so that we now have the privilege of coming into the presence of God every moment of every day and we can come and we can worship him in spirit and in truth but it's all because Jesus made a decision to finish what he started yeah. I'll never know the song says how much it cost to see my sin upon the cross. Woo, about all I can take. It didn't happen by accident. <clears throat> Jesus was intentional. 
And if you're going to make it, you're going to be intentional. We have to be intentional. You remember at birth, in Matthew 1, 21, it says he will save his people from their sins. That was his whole, his whole he says he came to save his people from their sin. In the early ministry, Jesus said this. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work to finish the Father. At the end of his ministry, he says, I've brought you glory on earth, brought the Father glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. It put an end to the old system of the law and ushered in grace. Ephesians 2.15, he ended the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He ended the system of the law. Why is it that the church, as we know it today, continually tries to make more laws? When Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law, that we do things because we want to, we follow Christ because we want to, not because it's the law, but because it's the law that has been written in our hearts and because we love God, we live for God. We don't, love, we don't live for God out of fear for God. We live for God out of the, the respect and the holy reverence for God. I'm going to talk about that one day. I'm going to preach about wisdom. I'm going to talk because it says the fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. It's not talking about being afraid of God. It's talking about having a holy respect for God. Hebrews 9.13, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of young cows purified our conscience. So Jesus' mission was to show us the Father, to reconcile us back to God the Father. Have you ever in your life uh, felt misunderstood? Have you ever said the words, I didn't mean that? Not really what I meant, you know. And then you kind of feel like you're misunderstood. Sometimes, sometimes I wonder if God looks at us and he says, you misunderstand. Y'all stay with me, please. Listen, this is for somebody here today. Some, somebody watching online today. There's a misunderstanding of who God is. And, and honestly, it's, it's because, and I, I say this with all honor and humility, but really it's, it's, it's because of a lack of wisdom and understanding about who God really is. Jesus said, I came to do the will of my Father. It was all about the Father for Jesus. And you see, with Jesus and with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit, God has given us everything that we could possibly ask for in order for us to be successful on this planet we call Earth. His mission was to show us the Father. God help us to understand. So what was Jesus' purpose in coming to the world? Well, we've already talked about all that. 
one of the things I love is that Jesus came to lead us out of darkness. He said, I've come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all, everybody say all, all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in darkness. All who put their trust in me will no longer. There was a guy, I think he was back in the 50s. He put a, he put a, a, a cable across Niagara Falls. And this guy would walk across that cable. And, and he, apparently he had really, really, really good balance. He'd go over there. He'd go about halfway. And he took a little deal and cooked an egg while he was standing there. And, uh, and he could push a wheelbarrow across there. Some of y'all have heard this before. But he, he, went, he came back to the to one side and he just pushed the wheelbarrow across that and everybody just cheered and everything. And, and he asked the question to the crowd. He says, do you think that I could push this wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls with somebody in it? And everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he called a guy up out of the audience. He said, and he asked the guy, he says, do you believe that I could take somebody across. And this guy, oh yeah, no problem. And the guy said, well, get in the wheelbarrow here and I'll take, oh, no, 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 no. There's a lot of cheering going on in Christianity today. Not everybody wants to get in the wheelbarrow. And I got to say it, we deceive ourselves into thinking that we're okay, but we really don't know what okay really is. I just want to challenge everybody here, everybody watching online, go deeper with God. It'll be the greatest decision that you ever made in your life. In my life, I, there's so many things in my life that I wish I'd have done different. Amen. Anybody with me? Yeah. It's like, I like, I messed that up, I messed that up, I messed that up. That. And then I look at God and how he's always been there for me and it just makes me, makes me love him so much more because he said he'd never leave me, never forsake me, no matter how ignorant I ever got. Yeah. But I want you to know that wisdom is your friend, and it's the greatest thing that you could ever seek for. Stop seeking after so much stuff and so much money. Start seeking after wisdom in all of your getting. Get wisdom. I'm going to have to preach about that one day. Oh, I think I am right now. So grateful. <clears throat> Colossians 2.15 New Living Translation, it says, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Disarmed all the spiritual. Everybody and their dog wants to be spiritual these days. It says right here, he disarmed the spirit. Just because somebody says they're spiritual don't mean that they're God's kind of spiritual. It says he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Didn't know what to do with it. Even today, those who say they're spiritual, they don't know what to do about the cross. <clears throat> so don't let and don't ever let anybody tell you that you have to do something in order to earn God's favor. 
Don't ever let anybody tell you that you have to do something in order for God to love you more. Don't ever let somebody tell you to put a burden on you of things that you must do to make God like you. Trying to add to the work of Christ would be like adding eyebrows to the Mona Lisa. You could do it, but it sure make it cheap. I must accept it and I must activate it. John 1:12, but to all, everybody say all, all who believed him and accepted him, stay with me, he gave the right to become the children of God. To everyone who believes him and accepts him, he gave the right to become the children of God. The, the three cross gala, the meat ministry we do. We got a gala coming up Wednesday night. If I bought you a ticket to go to the gala and I gave you a free ticket to the, to the gala and you accepted the ticket but you didn't go, did you really use the full value of the ticket? See, there's a lot of people go through the motions They'll come down and they'll say a prayer and say, Lord, forgive me. Uh, but they never, they're A-W-O-L, absent without leave. The full value is realized when the tickets are not only accepted, but put into use when they are activated. If you don't use them, it doesn't change the fact that I paid for them. The payment was made you just didn't accept the benefit. You, you know where I'm going with this, right? There may be a lot of unfinished business in this world, but Christ was able to proclaim when it came to paying the debt between us and the Father, tetelestai. It is finished. Before we came to Montgomery, I was the chaplain at Sam Houston Race Park at the horse racetrack. And uh, we do church services for them out there. And when the jockeys, just before the races, we get with the jockeys and I do a devotional with the jockeys and then, then pray for them for safety. And, and I got to see a lot of things in the jocks room that nobody else got to see because they didn't let anybody else, hardly anybody else in there. <clears throat> and there were times when jockeys would get hurt and it was my job to go to the hospital. And then there'd be times when the jockeys would come into the room and they, it was like, they were mad throwing their helmets and hollering at another jockey and cussing and all that. What happened? Well, there's a scripture. Paul, Paul put it this way, the apostle Paul, he put it this way. He said, he said, you were running a good race. Then he says this, he says, who cut in on you? So you were doing real good and then somebody cut in on you. 
And see, that's what would happen in the races. These horses, I mean, they're going all out, and a lot of them are, they're, it's, it's, it's a job to stay, on, stay in the middle of them because a lot of them are not broke that well. But the, sometimes they, they, they'd, be, they'd be coming around a curve and this, this one horse would just blow that curve and, he, and he'd slam into the other horse and sometimes that horse would go down, sometimes the jockey would fall off and, and that's what would make the, the jockey room very interesting at that point in time. But they were mad because somebody cut in on them. I wanna to talk to the people this morning that are having a hard time because a hard time finishing because somebody cut in on you. The reason that Jesus said that in order for you to have forgiveness, you must give forgiveness. You say, well, I don't want to forgive. Well, take another lap. Somebody else is going to cut in on you. You know, not forgiving somebody is like drinking poison and helping somebody else dies from it. When we don't forgive somebody, when they cut in on us, we're the ones who get hurt the worst for not forgiving. Jesus understood authority. He understood the authority of the Father. We got to get to the place where we understand that we have authority over our own lives and over our own bodies, and we can forgive anybody we want to forgive, and it has absolutely nothing to do with their walk with God or whether they deserve forgiveness because, by the way, I just want to say this, that you probably didn't deserve forgiveness when God gave it to you. Come on. So who are we to say, well, they just don't deserve it. We got to cut the pride out of our lives and huddle up at the foot of the cross and say, God, thank you for allowing me to come into your kingdom. Thank you for finishing the work on the cross so that I could come into your presence so that the perfect Lamb of God would make the perfect sacrifice of God so that we could come into the presence of God what a gift he paid a debt I couldn't pay I owed a debt I couldn't pay I had to have somebody to come and take my sin away and Jesus raised his hand and he says I am the one for you how could we not serve a God that would love us that much I just don't know let's pray Lord, I thank you, Lord, for helping us. You're so, you're so, so helpful, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for your decision to finish. And Lord, to give us not what we deserve, but what we need. Help us to love you, Lord. Teach us to love you, Jesus, like you love us. Teach us, Lord, to love each other like you love everybody. Teach us to love the unlovable like you love the unlovable. Help us to keep ourselves pure and undefiled from the world. Help us to take care of the widows and orphans and 
Lord, give us your purpose and your plan and your priority. In Jesus' name, I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I'm just here to tell you that's the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. And it's not by you being good, it's about the goodness of God. And I just want you to know that, that God loves you so much that he gave his only son. What I want you to also understand is that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you're like, well, I'm just a sinner. Well, join the crowd. We're all sinners, but we've made this decision to accept Jesus in our heart and we can help. He helps us in our, in our infirmities or in our sicknesses when it comes to sin and he helps us to overcome that. That doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it means we're, we're, we're on, 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 the, on the path and in the process. So if you've never accepted him, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my life. I need to invite him to come into my heart. Slip your hand up high, anybody. Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Thank you in the back. We're going to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. I don't want to miss anybody. Anybody else? Anybody? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This one in the back, would you mind looking up at me? Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Come on, partner. I'd be, I'd be so glad to honored to pray with you. Praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm happy about Jesus this morning. I'm thankful for his help. I'm thankful that he helped, helped us to preach the sermon. Y'all let this marinate in you. It's going to be a good deal. I'm so proud of you, partner. Tell me your name again, Charlie. Charlie. So proud of you, buddy. This is the deal. Here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to pray with you. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead that we'll be saved. And the point is, Charlie, is that you ever wondered what the true religion was? All the time. So let me, let me give you a little help here. Muhammad didn't raise from the dead. Buddha didn't make it. None of them other guys got up out of the grave. Jesus had authority over death. Let's go with him. That a deal? All right, partner. Let's pray. Just repeat after me. Y'all help us pray. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying on the cross. For my sins. For my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, this day forward I, give my life to you. I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible. Help me read my Bible. To pray. To pray. Show up for church. Show up for church. And get baptized. And get baptized. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me tell you something, Charlie. You're not gonna be perfect. I, I don't I don't lie to yourself. And that's a lie the devil puts on you. Is that you're not going to be perfect. You be strong. You be strong in Jesus and let God help you. And when you mess up, go back to Jesus. Always run to him. Don't ever run from him. Is that a deal? All right, Charlie, go visit this guy for just a second. Thank you, buddy. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
couple questions for you. The first question is, is there somebody in your life that you need to forgive in your heart? Raise your hand. Somebody in your heart, you just need to forgive. So we're going to do that right now, and the Lord may ask you to, to, uh, to, to go to them. That's between you and God, but I'm telling you, you got to do it in your heart first, okay? So the second question I have for you is, is how many have kind of grown weary doing the right thing, and you're just kind of going through the motions? Raise your hand. So what I want to do, I want to help you with this. It's, it's not a motion problem. It's not a doing problem. Here it is. It's a loving problem. When you love God, and I, I just want you to work on your love for God. That's what I'm saying. Work on your love for God and realize that he finished what he did because he loves you individually. And you, when you begin to understand how much he loves you, then as you understand that, you'll begin to want to serve other people because that's what Jesus, Jesus came to serve. And you'll only find fulfillment through doing what he's asked you to do. Amen? So let's all raise our hands and I want to pray for y'all. Everybody online, raise your hands. I'm going to pray for you too. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Today, we surrender. Everybody say, I surrender. We surrender our hearts, our lives, our bodies, our souls to you, oh God. We surrender everything we own, everything we have. We surrender everything that we hope to be, understanding that when we give to you everything we have, you give back to us what we actually need. And so, Lord, we trust you, and we choose to trust in you with all of our hearts so that you will direct our path. I thank you, Lord, for the victory this morning. I thank you, Jesus. We just acknowledge the fact that you finished on the cross for us and we accept that sacrifice that you made for our salvation so that we could have access to you access to the father holy spirit continue to teach us and give us your heart and your wisdom we pray in jesus name and the church said amen, amen. god bless y'all we got our prayer team up here if you need special prayer love to have you god bless you